the impact that you can have when you're just yourself and unapologetically so can be so vast and make a world of difference for one person and thousands of people. And if it just helps you, that's number one. Welcome to Messy and Magnificent, the place driven women come to elevate their career, health, and relationships. In here, we increase your productivity by replacing always being busy with the space to breathe. Hear your own wisdom and be part of a sisterhood that has your back. My name is Carly Fain, and together we're going to make sure that you have a doable plan and the roots to rise. Why, hello there, it's your gal Carly, and welcome back to another episode of Messy and Magnificent. I have got the post-vacation glow going on. (laughs) Part of that is from actually being in the sand with my toddler nephews and the rest of my family for the past week. And part of that has been the opportunity to just unplug from my electronics on a much more regular basis. And I've got to say, making sure that we have moments to ourselves is exactly how we stay self-sourced, meaning that some of the information that people who are thriving in our modern economy bank on comes from within ourselves. We are not made to only take advice externally or else we will find ourselves unconsciously living the lives of other people. Now tell me if this is true for you too, but I have come to notice that when I'm online, especially on social media, my guard goes up by default. It happens automatically. And maybe you've heard me mention before that it just feels like my particular nervous system was designed to live on a prairie somewhere a few hundred years ago where we would get news maybe once a season when we took the long journey into town or when the occasional visitor stopped in. And so even though it's 2020, our nervous system hasn't necessarily evolved at the same pace as the rest of our technology. And it might be too much information for us to be expecting ourselves to be able to absorb and actually process on a regular basis. So I've noticed that I am quick when I am online to notice who's kind of airbrushing their content to appear polished or to say the right PR thing or to use faux authenticity to overshare a lot of information, but not necessarily substance. Well... A few months ago, I witnessed a friend and colleague of mine, Lana Brown, begin to show up on social media in a full and robust way. Not because she was posting more often necessarily, but because she was posting more of what she really thinks and feels and experiences when she does post. And the response has been overwhelmingly positive and supported. It was just clear as day to me that Lana was going through a personal revolution that was giving her power and clarity and a sense of passion to move forward, especially during these challenging times. Now, here's what you got to know about Lana. Lana Brown is the CEO of Coaching with Lana. She is a New England native, a black business owner paving her way in this entrepreneurial world with what she calls the single mom strong mindset. And I cannot wait for you to hear her explain what that means. What I appreciate deeply about Lana is that she seeks to really empower women and single moms in particular to feel the strength and confidence needed 
to take control and ownership of their body and their life. She's got more than two decades of athletic and sports training, followed by 10 years of the fitness industry, where she's managed a woman-owned wellness space. Now, Lana's worked with everybody, nationally, international training clients, groups, schools, and businesses, but I want you to hear today the way she has found the intersection between listening to her body and activism. If you are craving more authenticity, more of a relationship with your body and with your community so that you don't have to go it alone, then this is the episode for you. Here is the story of a woman who has reconnected to her own physical body and in doing so is helping others rise at the same time. Solana Brown, thank you so much for being here on Messy and Magnificent. Thank you for having me. (laughs) (laughs) Nervous and pumped and excited. (laughs) Yeah, if we were in person, there would definitely be probably dancing. Like I I equate you with like, being excited. So for anybody who's who's listening who hasn't met Lana before, I want to give you a little background behind the scenes because we had the pleasure of meeting a few years ago in person when we were both working in the in the same wellness space. Lana has the spark, people. She has this spark about her. She's a bright light. I haven't been able to put a finger on exactly what it is, but it's the kind of light I want to be around. But just now Lana and I were talking before we started recording and I think I understand now where her magic is coming from. So I cannot wait for you to hear um, this woman. And what's bringing this conversation forward, Lana knows this, is that a few months ago, I'm on Instagram, minding my own business, doing, doing the scroll. And I see these posts from Lana coming through that were beautifully authentic and rich and real and meaningful. And this is one of the many things I appreciate about you, Lana. And so I'm so curious to just start like, as friends, what made you say, I'm going to turn up the volume of my posts a little bit and, and share in this additional way? Uh, <laughs> so many things. <laughs> so many things. I think I was raised very much to feel, whether it was intentional or not, of my parents, I was meant to put other people's feelings first. It's, I think it's a really hard balance in the Christian sector to be humble and to lift other people up and be give a lot of grace for people and then not struggle with giving grace to yourself and allowing yourself to be also heard uh, in the process. And there was a really big moment during quarantine. (laughs) It might have been, I feel like it was before George Floyd, it was like brewing. And then uh, the video of George Floyd surfaced and I was going through so many emotions. Everything that we had witnessed occur wasn't new. These occurrences and the realities that people of color face specifically in the U.S. are not new, but this situation was so devastating when the rest, like the whole world was shut down. So I think just it, everything got amplified and all everyone's emotions and hormones are all out of whack from trying to process quarantine, trying to handle how their leadership was handling quarantine, how their work was handling quarantine, how their families were handling quarantine and this pandemic. And it was just 
everyone's trying to be so tiptoeing around their house. And I was like, I am, can't tiptoe if I'm actually going to be okay through this. I cannot tiptoe. I need to be really real if I am going to be able to help my son process anything. If I'm going to be able to be a good mom, because I think every mother struggled through quarantine on figuring out how to be a good mother through this and stay sane <laughs> and handle the world. Um, and so I, at the very beginning of quarantine, gave up a lot of, well, that's sure you can watch TV all the time. Sure you can watch TV sitting on the table. <laughs> I just gave up those restrictions that I felt like needed to happen. And maybe every mom feels like <laughs> they need to maintain so that I could just get through the day. Because in the end of the day, it really doesn't matter if your kid sits on the table. Like everybody's fed, everyone's healthy. It was just like the next level of being able to process what was going on and being out loud and being okay with not being okay with it and being able to share that with other people. And it also being okay if it made other other people feel uncomfortable. What you just said, so many things stand out to me. But one thing, and tell me if I'm getting this right, that I'm, that I'm hearing you say is part of your decision to, to be vocal, and use, let's use your phrase, not tiptoe, like to stop tiptoeing, was to help yourself process. This is one way that I am going to honor what I need right now. So, you, you know, explaining how in different ways, you know, we've been taught and maybe you've been taught to be quiet with our voice, not rock the boat, don't make other people uncomfortable. There was something within you that was saying, I can't tiptoe my way through processing all of these things right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I was also making, I made those decisions for myself when deciding to not be married anymore is that I can't tiptoe through life. I need to really honor how I want to live this life. We get one life, one opportunity, and I want to be proud of how I'm handling it and not be living for someone else's expectation of me ever, ever. I just want to, I'm not like, I don't have any tattoos, but if I was going to get a tattoo, I kind of like your phrase, like, I am no longer tiptoeing. <laughs> I am no yeah. longer tiptoeing. Like, I'm done. Stopping. <laughs> I yeah, got like heels a- on, <laughs> on, on like ceramic floor and I am going. It is amplified. We're in a big hallway. Watch me rock. <laughs> yeah, like here I am. Here I yeah. am. And that's so powerful, especially when, you know, the alternative is to just blend in, not rock the boat at all, right? Just be quiet and so and to step into that. So we just did this really funny thing. And I just jumped in with Lana the way I jump in with all human beings, which we get right to the heart of the matter. And we didn't actually introduce what you do for a living. Um, <laughs> because and your work is really amazing. I have this question that I think is going to lead into the, the way you work, which is you had this great phrase in your bio, Lana. You talk about being single mom strong. What does it mean yeah. to be single mom strong? So it would be hard to say that being a single mom doesn't make you tough. <laughs> you come up against the world alone, and that is juggling all the financial pressures, your, all of your career pressures, all of the spinning plates and just keeping them up. And then you also have to do that while keeping other little humans alive <laughs> and, yeah. and trying to stay sane while they're like pulling your pants down in public while you're spinning all the plates. <laughs> and that is, if you can get through that, 
in confidence. <laughs> you can be one bad a woman <laughs> and that can make you super strong. And I, who I have come to learn to be in a sing, as a single mom is stronger than and more fortified and confident than I've ever been in my life uh, in a relationship uh, in my 20s when they call that your prime and you're living your best life. Like I am living my best life in my 30s with no partner managing a four-year-old. <laughs> yeah. And that's and that's amazing. And I know that you credit a few things as as helping you do that, as helping you be this woman who's living her best life right now. And a lot of that is around well-being, fitness, taking care of your body, you know, honoring your physical health, which is certainly what you what you teach. And there's this leg of activism that you're really living into these days. And I'm wondering What's the correlation between physical well-being or, you know, our, our health of our body and activism in your world? How are those connected? So the one thing that I have from the jump, whether it's from the Christian principles of treat your body like a temple, it's the one thing that you can control. Mentality, you don't get dealt how you look, the change you look, whether you get your mom's ears, your dad's nose, what genetic combination you get, but you can control how you treat your body. And that is 100% the reason, the source of all of your energy throughout the day is how you treat your, like how you live day to day is how is reflective in how you treat your body. And it has been the strength of, again, who I've become and how I figured out how to connect most with people when you empower them to feel strong in their body they feel like they can conquer the world. And I, even in the darkest days of my life, that one thing that I advocated for myself was my physical health. And when I was not mentally there to keep myself up and just power through it, my body held me up. And it was what allowed me to circle back and say, hey, your body is capable. You're capable of doing a hell of a lot and you can take it. And your mind, it's like your body can, you know, your body can do more than your mind sometimes thinks it can. And so when you have those building blocks of this like force that will not let you down because you have told it and treated it as such, then even in your darkest days, you are still light years ahead of the people that, that don't have control of their body and feel so weak in it and empty and Again, I know no matter what, if I go through something terrible, I am still going to be okay because I have a body that's going to help me stay up and stay strong through that. So that is my goal for all the women and men that I occasionally work with is to find the strength in their body uh, so that that will undoubtedly just transcend through every other aspect of their lives and take on everything and anything with confidence. Part of what I appreciate about the way you run your business and you nourish yourself is that you look at it from such a holistic perspective, meaning we talk here sometimes about how there's no such thing as just mom me, and then this is friend me, and this is coworker me, and this is sister me, and like that if we fragment our view of ourselves, that we begin to fragment our energy too. And when you talk about the connection between our body and everything else that we want to get done during the day, that to me is such a unifying and whole way of looking at one way that we can show up for whatever our goal is, whether it's like, hey, I want to make this sales pitch at work, or I want to have the energy to play with my kid when I come home, 
or whatever the unique goal is that, that we, while we can't control everything right now, we can, to use, you know, your phrase, we do have input about the way we treat our physical body and who doesn't want to feel like there's some area where we do have a sense of control right now, especially during this time of COVID where lots of things feel unsturdy, unsettled. We've got civil unrest here in the United States in a big, meaningful, necessary way. Like there's lots of shifts and changes happening. And you're reminding me that we can come home to our body in any given moment, like a choice could start right there. And so I'm curious in your professional perspective, if somebody's listening and they're thinking, and I say this with no judgment, if you're thinking, yeah, I haven't been listening to my body so much lately. <laughs> I haven't like, that kind of fell by the wayside, right? Maybe you get a COVID yeah. hall path, right? But like, what's one example of a place somebody can begin to reconnect to their body if, they've, if they haven't been in conversation with it for a little while? So I would say that you're always in conversation with your body, whether you're responding or not. <laughs> It's a one-way conversation. <laughs> so I, I need say, to pee. I need to pee. I need like, to pee. No, let me just do this email. Then I'll go pee. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. There's a conversation happening. Yeah. <laughs> or like participating. I mean, people talk about all the time. I mean, low back pain, specifically in the U.S., is like chronic, crazy. And people, I hear women and men say, "Oh, my back. No, it's just, it's just this. It goes away. I just have to lay down." <laughs> okay, but what if you didn't have to lay down? And what if you just like did things to make your back stronger all the time and there wasn't this, it's just my back, it's the way it is. Like there is no just the way it is. There are things that you can't change 100%, but there's no that's just the way that is when it comes to your body at all. And I know specifically women think that way, specifically after childbirth and all the things that they feel like they have lost control of. Oh, it's just the way it is. I have to accept a leaky bladder, <laughs> I have to accept yeah. um, that I won't ever have a six pack or I won't lose this belly or I won't. Um, and even into, you know, your forties and fifties and that menopausal feeling where more and more of our hormones get out of whack and you're like, yeah, it's just aging. I just have to accept it. And there is nothing you have to accept about your body ever. <laughs> That's that is so powerful what you just said. Could you remind me, like my roots were in physical therapy when I got started. And I remember, you know, I'd sit down and be taking like initial intakes with somebody who might present low back pain was, a, was an incredibly common yeah. one. And I would say things like, great. So like, you know, how long has, have you been feeling, you know, tough sensations in your low back? And I can't tell you how often somebody would say, oh, I don't know, 25 years, 26 years. <laughs> like, and this is their first appointment. Right. Because now, because now it got to the point where it couldn't be ignored. It's like you pop the aspirin, you did the basic stuff and now that's not working anymore. So now it's gone from the whisper to the scream and now, and now we're addressing it. And so you're reminding me of, gosh, one of my favorite authors, Terry Tempest Williams. She says, my body is my compass. It does not lie. And what the invitation of the body to return back to what gives us life. You know, when we're doing things that are out of alignment with what actually nourishes us, our body binds us to truth, right? It, it, it keeps inviting us back to the nourishment we need. Like, hey, I've got a headache or hey, I'm having low back pain or hey, I've got another GI flare up, whatever, whatever yeah. it is. That is so powerful. So when you talk about authenticity and then, you know, and about speaking up and I think now about our body and how it's speaking up. And our ability to give attention or not to what's authentically trying to be heard and how many of us are stifling our own, not just our own voice, but our own body 
as well. And might revolution start there, right? Like might revolution start with, I'm actually thirsty and I'm not going to wait, you know, or my dear friend, Susie Banksbaum, who I think, you know, um, like Susie, you know, she talks about how when her kids were little, she, you know, she wouldn't pee forever because she couldn't because yeah. it was hard. And she one day she's out there hanging laundry in the backyard and she's like, I'm just going to pee. And she just squatted behind the garage where nobody could see her. She was like, because I'm just done. I'm done. I don't want to give myself a UTI. Like, I'm just done. Yes. And it just became a normal part of her life. It was like, And that was her re-entry into deep, meaningful connection with her body and re-evaluating like the things, the things that were being done. So I have so much appreciation for, for the way you're bringing this forward. So, so here's my question for you in real time. Authenticity is the buzzword right now, right? Everyone's talking about authenticity. And in my eyes, my perspective is that there's can be a big difference between authenticity and just sharing information, right? They're not always the same thing. And what I'm witnessing you do is what, such courageous authenticity. What are you learning about speaking up more? What are you noticing? It is so liberating to not hold in what you need to let out. It is its own form of therapy and way cheaper. (laughs) 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 Way cheaper to do it that way. Um, And even just... I've actually found, you know, there's like, there's many layers to using your voice or speaking authentically, whether in your close relationships with your friends and family, that's one layer because maybe you're not actually authentic with them and they don't actually know the way you feel, or maybe you don't feel free to have opinions out loud. And then there's like that bigger form of your work, that that next layer of circle, your uh, community circles. And then there was the, like the world platform that I decided to come up with. Yeah, you just went all in. You didn't mess around, but you just went all in. No, yeah. I was like, hey, there are a gazillion people that could tune in to this video that I am deciding to release to the world of me trying to make sense of what is going on and actually processing my childhood trauma or my childhood stresses because I didn't want to live in that space anymore. It's so freeing and empowering once you actually say things out loud (laughs) to hear yourself say it. And then you literally can feel this like rush of, it's not even a rush over you. It's like a release up of this weight that just comes up and you're like, why did I keep that all in (laughs) at all? Why, why did I do that? This feels so much better. And I don't even care if people agree or if it wasn't their experience or if it offends anybody because it's my experience and there's nothing wrong with it. It just, that is what it is. <laughs> and it takes so much energy to ignore what we really want to say or not do the thing yeah, we really they, do. So it takes intention. a lot of energy. There's so much intention. Like if I had spent that much intention not <laughs> keeping everything in, just doing whatever the heck I wanted to do for most of my life, I can only imagine who I would be right now. And, right, and how- like if this is how much we've gotten done stifling ourselves. How much yeah. would we have gotten done not stifling? Like, yeah. Yeah, it is powerful to just be and be okay with it. 
And this is the part of the show where I get to give a shout out, which you know I really look forward to. And today I want to give an opportunity to give a shout out directly to you. We are about to record a new series of episodes for Messy and Magnificent, and nothing would mean more to me than getting to say a hello to you in an upcoming episode. So head on over to iTunes, just because that's one of the few podcast platforms that lets people leave written reviews. Leave a review. Put your real name or pseudonym or whatever you'd like me to refer to you as live on an episode. Tell me one thing that has landed for you in an episode you've heard and feel free to ask me any questions you have too. If there's an episode you would love to hear me go deeper into around a topic we've discussed before, or perhaps there's something we haven't spoken to yet, I would love to do that with you. So please head on over to iTunes, leave a review, and I could be giving you a shout out on an episode very soon. Okay, so we're going to talk about this. Clearly, this is Lana's experience, right? This is nobody else's experience. This is is your experience. But I'm curious, what's one thing for anybody who's listening, who's wanting to speak up more, they're dabbling in it, or they're wondering, okay, where is it safe for me to share this? Where is it not? You're able to give a little bit of a glimpse onto onto the other side of daring to speak up. What's one thing that surprised you about this experience of sharing more of how you actually think and feel in the world? That I wasn't alone. <laughs> that I wasn't, I, that it wasn't my birth, like the burden that I thought I was holding and protecting the world from was not actually that small. And it was felt by a mass uh, percentage of, of people that I have met, that I've never met or just have connected with me via social media. And even my friends that, you know, childhood friends that I didn't have those as authentic relationships with. Um, it has been so great in a time where you can, we are all disconnecting from so many people and habits that we have that I've been able to reconnect with myself and with people through my truth. And how many people I've just gotten messages for, hey, thanks for sharing. I never thought about this this way or I I didn't realize or I had no idea and or this has helped me have conversations with my partner and in my communities and thank you for being brave to share and I'm going to try to do a fraction of that like the, what you the impact that you can have when you're just yourself and unapologetically so can be so vast and have make a world of difference for one person and thousands of people. And if it just helps you, that's number one. But when you help one person or you can help 10 people, 20 people, 100 people, that is like, I have a heart for service. So I am grateful that me helping myself also helps other people, makes it feel even better. Yeah, it's it's really awesome. Everyone needs to just be themselves and be okay with it and take power in it. Great. (laughs) You remind me, you know, this is the research that Brene Brown shares around this. When they looked at, um, when she looks at shame and vulnerability and who's got resilience and who's able to rise into courage, she noticed that the absolute opposite of belonging, which is this basic human need that we all have, we want to belong in something, right? In some type of community and be part of something that the biggest thing that gets in the way of that is fitting in. 
doing our best to fit in, which means in some way we're smoothing the edges of how we actually are in the way we dress or the music that we listen to or what subjects are okay to talk about and which ones aren't and whatever it is that we're altering in order to fit into a mold is the actual thing that is the biggest saboteur of our sense of belonging. And when you talk about how, as you began to speak uh, more authentically and more freely, that there was deeper connection made. It mirrors that research. Like your real life experience is, you know, it's one thing to read data on a spreadsheet and another thing to hear <laughs> like your real life experience of this. So what made you say, now's the time that I've got to speak up a little bit more? Like what, why now? I have always known that I was going to make an impact on this world in some way. I thought when I was a uh, six-year-old that I was just going to like travel the world and save all the orphans. <laughs> and it was a ridiculous dream of like saving all the orphans, one orphanage at a time, and was going to go into social work and just try to give. I'm a giver. Often before this revelation to my detriment, and I am in, in such a transition point from, I was married, I'm trying to shift out of that phase through court proceedings. And this is my chance to completely decide how I want the rest of my life to be and who I want my son to see me as. And I can't waste it. I literally, I think when you have a child, it amplifies that like the stakes are so high. You get one shot to do it. You get one shot to raise your kid and then that's it. That's that's all they that's all they're given. What the decisions you make shape their entire understanding of the world, who they want to be, who they're brave enough to be and try to do things to try to do and I just wanted to be happy. I was so unhappy for a good portion of the last uh 10 years that I want to live a really happy fulfilled life full of the people around me that I want to be around me, doing the things that I want to do, serving the people that I want to serve and making others feel as empowered and strong as I feel to be able to do whatever you want. This is such a critical time in the world of decision-making and I can only control what I, my decisions and those decisions are going to be huge (laughs) for my life and for my son's life. And I just want to keep pushing everyone to do the same. That was the one lesson I learned in my in my marriage is that you can't get time back. So you can like, try to keep doing things or hold on to something, but you never get that time back. And what happens if you have other things you want to do in that time? <laughs> it's like, I, I don't want to regret anything. I don't think there's mistakes. I just think there's lessons learned along the way. I'm done living. I just want to live. I'm living, I'm done living for someone else. I just, that decision that game changer was I got to live for me and feel good about the decisions that I'm making and not regret one bit of it. Okay. So you started this by, I love your, you know, your childhood dream at six years old. I want to <laughs> travel around the world and save all the orphans. Right. And like how, hey, how beautiful is that? That that's your yeah. natural spirit. Right. And there's some old phrase, I forget where this comes from, but there's this notion that you should ask a seven-year-old what the meaning of life is because they will tell you. And somebody told me that years ago. And now when I meet somebody who's seven, I'll say, Hey, you know, what's the meaning of life? And for the record, they had, they always have an answer. They are. And they don't really know. Yeah. The first time I I asked the question. Yeah. A little boy said to me, Oh, the love of my mom and dad. Oh, like, like 
kind of looked at me like, why do you even need to ask? Like, obviously that's the meaning. My kid better say that, man. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But, but I, I, I'm saying this because you talked about wanting to save the orphans. And I think of orphans as tender souls that nobody's able to look after. And here you are no longer abandoning yourself. Yeah. Wrapping your arms around the parts of you that have been orphaned and reminding me to do that for myself too. Wrapping your arms around the parts. And and I, I think that part of what speaks to me about your message and your work and I've known your work for a few years. So even just like the traditional fitness part of your work a few years ago is profound and amazing and in and of itself is physically really helpful. But I think part of what resonates and is that, you know, as you wrap your arms around yourself, you know, hold yourself in your own good hands, that there's this invitation for us to do the same. And all of us that are orphaned in a, in a way that have found ourselves neglected whether it's neglecting our physical body, neglecting our mental health, neglecting our truth, neglecting our passions. As you honor you, it extends the invitation for us to tap into what gives us life too. And for that, I am incredibly grateful. Yeah, thank you. I, I was just thinking, I ran into a friend while we were, I was eating. I went to go to outdoor dining at a new uh, Mexican place in, in town. And one of the clients at the studio I used that we know each other from um, was there with their child and she stopped me and she was like, I just, I need to let you know how proud of you I am. And I haven't seen her since March. I think it's been March since I've seen her in person. Um, But she follows me on social media. She was like, I just, she started crying and I was like, you can't cry right now. I just want guacamole. Uh, she was like, I just am so proud of you. And I, and I, it was the first time in my life because I hate compliments. They've always made me uncomfortable. I haven't actually ever been able to settle in. It's something that I, I'm going to probably have to work on for the rest of my life. It makes me so uncomfortable. People give me compliments, but I am so freaking proud of myself in this time of my life that I was just like, thank you. I'm proud of myself too. (laughs) Uh, And it was like the craziest experience because I've never ever been okay with hearing a compliment. I'm usually like shy away from it, which a lot of women do for some reason, or some people like bask in it. But I, I have never been one of those women uh, that take compliment with anything, whether, unless it's a killer dress, because that is completely separate from me. So I don't like identify it as me being complimented. It's like, the dress. Um, but it is like so exciting to honor myself in the way and be proud of my decisions. Cause I don't think I have ever, I always have been living for someone else, whether it was my parents ideal or my trying to live in my brother's shadows <laughs> or, um, this expectation as a military spouse or, all of these like roles that I was like, oh, I can step into those, but they weren't me. I like I I did them to the best that I could, but this is like this is me, and I am proud of me, and I hope that my child can see how proud I am of myself, and that he can take the same pride in himself as he grows, because that's you know lead by example, and hopefully I'm. Oh, I know. I know I'm doing like, there's one thing that there's some things that I don't know for sure about parenting. Like every, every parent makes mistakes, but I am doing that right. So that is pretty cool as a parent. 
in this pandemic. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool as a parent. It's pretty cool as a human being, as a woman, as a business owner. Yes. Okay, so I'm sure that people are listening and they're falling in love with you, um, <laughs> as anybody would. So I know Some that you've way. got... So how can people connect with you? I know you have a new program coming up, a new 12-week program, and I'm fascinated by it. Will you tell tell us a little bit more about what you're working on? Yeah. So you can always visit my website. It's coachingwithlana.me. And you can look at whether you're a business, a school, individual, or a friend's group. If you're looking to get physical training or get it, get on track with your health journey. That's a way to contact me. I have a specific two programs that are taking off that are really exciting. One is the elite program. That's a 12 week program for women, for the overburdened woman, which means that the woman that is, that's got financial pressures, that's got household management pressures, that feels the weight of everything existing on their body and it helps them shed a lot of that physical weight so that they can handle all the rest in way more control and confidence and just kick butt (laughs) really and then the other 12-week program because I specifically want to help as many single moms as I can there's so many of us out there and I know it's a fleeting status but or maybe it's not and you just live in it but is another 12-week program called the Single Fit Mom program. It gives you a faster way to hit your goals in a simpler fashion and delivers the results that you want with the support that understands everything that you're going through, which is super key, I think, to any success is to have the right support. You can do all the programs you want through YouTube or through the apps you find, but if you don't have somebody helping you and guide you and supporting you along the way, because it is hard to do anything disruptive in your life. There's so many keys. You need to have a plan. You need to make sure it's simpler and not stressful. You need to make sure those results are going to come for sure. I know I can deliver results. doesn't matter what you have going on. We can figure it out. And it's not a one-stop shop. It's not a, all the, both the programs aren't, a formula that is cookie cutter for everyone because everyone's body is the same. It's a lot of guess and check. So I ask that you commit to my process and I commit to your results. And that is kind of my money, money back guarantee. We got to be willing to work together. It's a a relationship that we're building. Um, And it's not to be dependent on me. It's completely to help you become confident in your strong self. So that's just it. And for anybody who's listening, it's like, if you're craving more authenticity, if you're craving a relationship with your body, if you're, recla- if you're craving feeling better physically, A, Lana's your woman, first of all, but I, you have drawn so beautifully the connection between those things. And when you talk about the essential nature of community, now you're speaking my language because my experience has been, it doesn't matter you know, how good your marketing plan is, how good your diet you know, plan is, how good, you know, how well-intended we are. When we try to do it alone in a culture where women are often isolated, then it's really hard to sustain it. It's really hard to live into the goal that we have, no matter how good our intentions are. And and I have such appreciation for the fact that you develop so much community, whether it's in your online space, and we'll put a link to Lana's online stuff, or within these these programs that, that you create. 
So thank you for recognizing that we don't have to go it alone and that we can, and that we can do things together, Lana. So I have a couple Question. last questions. <laughs> so I have, a, I have our, are you game for our two-way Q&A here? Bring it on. <laughs> All right, Lana Brown, if you came with a warning label, what might it say? Caution, might fall over at any time. <laughs> I am such a klutz. <laughs> I'm a dancer. I'm a trained dancer. I'm only graceful on stage. I will fall. I will get back up. You will laugh. I'll smile at you. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So based on our, our conversation so far, What's one thing you would love to ask a woman listening? So if this episode is just the beginning of a conversation and, and you could, you know, tag Lana or tag myself in your response, what would you love to ask a woman listening? What are you curious about her? By who are you being silenced? By who are you being silenced? I'm just going to let that hang there. That's powerful, Lana. Mm. All right, our last question for you today, and this is the way Lana and I started before the call. My last question for you today is, what is one thing that even if other people disagree, you know to be true? How I treat my body is a reflection on how great of an impact I want to leave in this world. Wise words from Lana Brown. Thank you so much for being here, Alana. We'll make sure that all of Alana's info and, and links are in the show notes wherever you're listening. I am so grateful that you have had the courage to demonstrate what sharing your voice could look like. Thank you, Alana. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so glad I got to see your face. <laughs> that is value. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear the incredibly powerful question that Lana asked? By who are you being silenced? I encourage you first to pause and answer that question for yourself. That might be a very personal inquiry, and I don't want you to feel like you have to share that out loud. But if you do feel inspired, know that myself and Lana, whose contact info we've put in the show notes, would love to hear what's true for you, or if there was another part of this episode that really stood out to you, make sure you tag us and keep this conversation going. There is a space on social media for authentic empowerment, expression, and rising together. Remember, you thrive through nourishment, not punishment. Keep taking care of what you value, including your body, and I will see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Messy and Magnificent podcast and being part of this dynamic, life-giving community of women. I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and me hanging out, sipping tea together, making sure that all women become richer, more nourished, and able to keep on rising. So I'll see you on the next episode next week. But in the meantime, don't forget to head over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast to get the full show notes. And I've also got some extra special free resources for driven women over there that you won't find anywhere else.